previously on the Simply Human podcast. This has been a, a literally a lifelong battle for me. So I come from a very lean, tall family and I'm like maybe 5'5 five, five, and most of my life was obese. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure in my family. And the thing is, so my, just long story short, my mom was very ill when she was pregnant with me and it makes sense now, though we didn't know this then, right. in utero, my metabolism slowed to a crawl so that I would survive, right? right? It's episode 112 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Dave Wilton, personal trainer, massage therapist. He works with Jim Laird and Lucy Hendricks. He is the man, Dave. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with a very special guest, my friend Rick. Yes. You. <laughs> and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip. Anyway, how are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, you cannot stop me from doing this, Rick. And God. Uh, Can, well, no. I'm just going to say the F word nonstop, <laughs> so you have to bleep the whole segment out. No. You can uh, choose to not say anything, but this is my podcast, and I can say what I want on it. Rick uh, Bentley. Can I, can, I, can I say something? I don't know. I, I hate you. Okay. Rick Bentley. Stop doing this. I had to do some – he wouldn't tell me. I had to do some research behind your back to discover – that you were awarded not one, but two awards. One for meritorious. I don't even know what that word means. Maybe that, like, Merry Christmas. Like, you're Merry. He's very Merry at work. Meritorious conduct. And one for officer of the quarter, which is basically, uh, from what I understand, is finalist for officer of the year. And I'm not going to give the details on how you got those things, but I know that what they are. And congratulations. That's, that's a big deal. Let's move on. I <laughs> I was telling my wife that like it's it's weird. Like I am glad I work for a department that recognizes officers that do that do stuff. But on the other hand, like uh, I have a very workmanlike attitude to what I do because I want you know I, I think about it all the time. Like what is my motivation to continue working? What is my motivation to in today? What's my motivation this hour? Uh, and you know I try to keep it pretty grounded. Uh, but uh, and you know. It's very, very, very nice to, to be recognized, and, and I don't deserve either one of them. Uh, I was really embarrassed when they gave me the officer of the quarter today because it was like I'm looking at this room of like all these cops that are like a thousand times better than me, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I am the biggest piece of <laughs> of anybody ah! in this whole room, <laughs> and uh, you're going to give me a certificate. But I have them fooled very slightly, but yes, well, that, 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 that is all. So. Well, I, the way that I – it's very, it's very gracious of you. In the, the way that I feel like you approach it – there was a guy that we went to high school with who used to like when we were watching a football film, he would he would like brag and the coach would be like, That that was your assignment. That's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> you did what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So I feel like that's kinda how you approach it and and I appreciate yeah, I mean, that. I but, mean I'm not I fill a, a gap uh with the work the specific work that I do that a lot of people don't want to do and so uh it's not very glamorous. It's not. I don't have gaudy numbers. In fact, in all of 2015, I wrote 18 citations. Well, the whole but year. that's not how you're. That's <laughs> not like, what you're. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But uh, you know, I just thank you for mentioning that. You're embarrassing me. Let us move on. Okay. I sent you a. Don't don't mention what the genre is. I sent you a link. It's a video. Okay. I yes. want. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. 
I've thought about how I could do this because I feel like this is one of those you had to be there moments. But hopefully, this the way I'm going to tell you this is going to going to make it a little bit better than uh, I guess you had to be there. Okay, or you could just confuse the crap. Yeah, out of me. yeah. You are familiar with the movie Caddyshack? Yes, very much so. Okay. I have. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Caddyshack. Many times, my dad. At was least my, I would say at least twenty for me, yeah, but prob- could possibly be more. I wouldn't be surprised. I would say that. I've probably seen it ten ten times in my life. I didn't realize something though. Every time I've watched Caddyshack, it was with my dad. It was like when I was a little kid. It's kind of uncomfortable. It's well, like watching Saturday Night Live with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like nine and you're like well, turning to sleep when they're doing all the weird sex jokes. There is a scene in Caddyshack that I was not aware was in the movie, Rick. Oh, Lord. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to hit stop here. And I want you to click on that link. And I want you to fast forward to the 320 mark. And I want you to very uncomfortably watch from 320 to the end. And then we'll start recording again. All right. <laughs> Judge Smales. Okay, so is he in the room yet? Yes. Okay, so Rick. Yes. I was not aware of that scene, and I and I've I've been racking my brain trying to think of why, and I guess it's because I always watched like the edited version, right? So the scene right. that I had Rick watch was that was a love scene with Cindy Morgan and the and Danny in the movie. If you're familiar with Caddyshack. Yeah, Lacey Underall yeah. and Danny are they fi- they uh, go to Judge Smales's house and they finally. Yeah get it on and then judge smales and his wife come home and judge smales walks into the bedroom and his bedroom and sees them in <laughs> and there that's a great naked. that's a great scene because then like he goes crazy yes well and i guess i had seen that part but i just i okay in my defense i did not know that scene was there so i am flying from san diego to dallas last week in an airplane and there it was the kind of airplane that has each seat has a TV on the back of it, right? So I'm, there's a TV screen okay. on the scene, well, and there's one. Everybody, you add that to the Mark Rogers bragging montage. I, I, we were in business; it wasn't like first class. And there's a stranger to my left, one of my coworkers to my right, people all around me, and I'm scrolling through the movies, like, oh, let's see what movie can I watch? It's like comes with the flight. I'm like, oh, Caddyshack. Man, I haven't watched Caddyshack in a while, so I hit play on Caddyshack, and I'm watching. I'm laughing, and I've got my headphones in, and all this stuff. Well, then that scene pops up. Hmm, Just like something else pops up too. <laughs> on the back of the to refresh seat. your memory, listener. Uh, there's some naked boobs in here. Yeah. Well, okay. Of a so young lady. In that era, like there were the Meatballs movies, Revenge of the Nerds. All those movies had like a token. Naked scene. lady scene. Yeah, it was... uh, David Spade has a real good uh, bit in like a stand-up special about like uh, when these kinds of movies are on TBS and he's flipping through his channels and he's like, oh yeah, like on basic cable. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, but like the whole point of the movie is to get to like a, the uh, the boob festival, <laughs> but they have to like edit out the boob festival, so there's no point watching the movie. Yeah, like Revenge of the Nerds, the shower scene. Like my brothers and I used to like sneak that <laughs> VHS in the VCR. To, like fast forward. Uh, I have one even worse for you. I used to do that with RoboCop because in the what? locker room scene, oh, yeah. there's like a grainy woman like way far in the background with like, and you can like pause it for one second and just see a boob. So if you are a, a grown adult man, you probably remember doing that. If you are a mom with small boys know that they are going to do things like that <laughs> so I, so like I didn't know what to do so like this lady to my left it's like this very awkward love What's scene you? and there's like kids uh, behind okay. me so, is this a old lady young lady um, older than me so I mean I feel like I'm old she's probably 50 
And she, you know, she's obviously seized. And before I, you know, so I take my hat off. <laughs> And I'm like putting my hat over it and I'm laughing and I'm kind of like peeking, letting the guy next to me who I was traveling with like see what he was. So he's like freaking out. Take a look at these boobs. Like he's dying laughing and I'm laughing. I'm like holding my hat up there. And then like I, you know, I don't want to like take the hat away. So I'm like peeking through the little hole in the hat to like like (laughs) watch see when the scene is over. I've never seen that scene before. And like, so it's like halfway through the flight, you know? And so it was just kind of awkwardly sitting there like, sorry, ma'am, I didn't. I didn't mean to watch that. I feel like that's on the airline. I know. Like, would, like why would that be an option? Only movies that don't have just naked scenes. Yeah, like I felt like like I told the stewardess, kind of like laughing about it afterwards. But it's like some little kid, you know, just like oh, I don't watch Caddyshack. <laughs> you know, like I just that was. It was just I don't know. I felt very awkward and very uncomfortable, and I, I don't know. I, I hope like I, having you. Watch I have a question. That, okay. That was the only place on the entire internet where you could find a clip of that scene on com. I will be editing that out. No, leave that in there. I am exposing you for what you are, sir. I uh, just did a search and found it. Uh, I'll be deleting that out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- anyway, that happened to me. There were so many things. The Uber drivers in San Diego – they are they are cut from the same cloth as Rick. They say the f word. It, it, every every car we got in, everywhere we went, the, like the first thing was like, "How you effing?" I mean, it was crazy. Like, hmm. not that it. I'm like, I don't Be care. Right in my element here. Yeah, like I don't care, but it's just it's just not something that I don't know. We just we got a string of those guys, and they were all well, great also, guys. Also, you're on a work thing, so it's all a bunch of uh, you know the bunch of dudes that work for yes. a Christian college. Yeah. So people probably Very are blushing when. They hear real people talk yeah, and use yeah. real words. So I did go get a San Diego uh, Padres hat from Petco. Why do you do that? I, I have a hat collection. We need to discuss that at some point. I, you like, should see my hat collection. It's quite extensive and very impressive. Add that to the montage as well. <laughs> Mark uh, has all these hats for all these sports teams. Basically, any city he goes to, he yes. buys a hat for them. But like from the from their place that they play. Okay, I, I, I'll. I guess I'll allow you that, but like uh, I don't just I don't go know. buy a hat. I, uh, I don't pull for anyone to do well except the teams that I want well, to win. I don't care, so I won't I just, wear like the. I guess the old, like I'll wear like old time hockey shirts from like hockey teams that don't exist anymore. I yeah. guess, but the only hat I, that I will not buy if I I will never buy a New York Giants hat. I will never buy a Eagles or a Redskins hat. Those are the only hats. <laughs> I, I will probably not use that word on the podcast. Well, it's, it's bleep it out. NFL, NFL team. Uh, I do have a Spurs hat. Uh, you know, we See, that, were, we hated the Spurs. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm not comfortable with that. Okay. Well, that's the only one. Uh, you, you wouldn't be comfortable with the Spurs thong. Get it? Comfortable thong. Anyway, um, mm. let's get to our interview with Dave Wilton. Super excited about this. Uh, he really has an interesting story. Uh, he really does, I, I, yeah. and I had no idea. So I didn't know some of the stuff, uh, yeah. and I, you know, and we found out that we were soulmates uh, last fall, and so that was kind of cool. He's probably like, "Dang it, why would he tell people that?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get rid of this Mark Rogers guy. He's freaking me out. Yeah, um, and he, you will find out in the interview that he de- definitely knows how to shoot a gun. Um, okay, so that's a really weird, weird lead-in. Yeah, weird to say that. Uh, well, Dave Wilton killed eleven people. <laughs> <laughs> in a mass shooting, and then he got out on a technicality. Now he's a, now he's a trainer. Oh man. Okay. So Dave so, Wilton is not a murderer. He's not a murderer. 
Go to the website, <laughs> simplyhumanlifestyle.com. This is the January 28th show. You, if, if, okay, January 28th. If you're listening to this reasonably when it comes out, if you haven't voted in the podcast Ooh, awards, yeah. you have till the end of January. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you have three more days. Yes, and we uh, thanks to everybody link, that voted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to win, but it would just, yeah. I don't know. I feel we're never going to get nominated for something like this again, so we might as well take a pretty good round. So yeah. uh, Mark will have we'll have the, the link. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the link up on the Facebook page, and he'll tweet it out and uh, put it on grinder and all that stuff that he goes to. So <laughs> well, I don't even know what that is. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. All right. You can go to, uh, simply slash store. And there's all the stuff that, that we endorse the all shift book nutrients, um, all that good stuff is. And there. also on the, uh, store page. That's where very briefly, if you feel like, uh, you're compelled to give a donation oh, yeah. to help us have some of the costs, that's where you'll find the link. So the simply human lifestyle store page, uh, don't feel like you need to if you don't want to, uh, whatever. And if we don't want you to overextend yourself, don't uh, clean out your bank account and mail it to us. Well, and just but, real uh, quick, I will say, Sean Sholdeen, Anders Person, and I know Anders, he's bought a T-shirt before. Oh, um, oh yeah, that's right. I, did we already say Jennifer Stuthers. I don't know if we... She, I don't think we had. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, Tanya, Jackson. Um, I think that's it. So thank you to those uh, folks that have that have gone on there and found the donate button. We should figure out something to give to people to donate. The other day I was like, oh, we car could do like a like a sticker yeah. or like a car glasses. Would be but cool. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah. Let's think about this uh, off air. Car stickers would be awesome. Um, that would be cool. Okay. So yeah, you anyway. will not be getting a uh, a tax receipt. Uh, you will not write off the donation. <laughs> so yeah. Don't. Well, that five dollars you're gonna give us is <laughs> gonna make or break your tax bracket. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right, let's get to the interview with Dave, uh, yes. where we talk to him about massages, his background, and military service, being a mama's boy, overextending, awareness, positional breathing, breathing while asleep, anatomy books, uh, the Postural Restoration Institute, billiards, and learning. Here's Dave. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, the award-nominated Simply Human podcast. Stop it! Is, it. <laughs> it is Dave Wilton. He's a trainer at Jim Laird Strength and Conditioning. Uh, he is also, uh, I think I could say you're, I can tell everyone, you're romantically involved with Lucy Hendricks. I believe that's the... Uh, that's a real weird way to say it. <laughs> that's a weird way to say it, yeah, but yeah, yeah you know, romantically yeah. involved yeah, indeed. There you go. Um, and so give us the... She's my better half. Yes. And we all have better halves, uh, I believe. Not Rick's, me. I'm Rick, way better than her. <laughs> I was going to say Rick's better half is his <laughs> back half, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of squats lately. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. also, Dave, before, before we get into this, uh, you are an NASM certified personal trainer restorative breathing give, kind of give us all of your the letters behind your name you know it's uh the nasm yes and then functional movement screen i've been doing that for years and then went to massage school back in graduated in 2006 so i've been a massage therapist for quite a while and then gosh who knows there's so many little letters behind your name at this point that really none of it really matters as long as you're <laughs> continuing to educate yourself that's what uh, that's what's important to me currently well, is just keep it going forever now, did, forever. did you did you give mark a massage <laughs> i don't know if he got a little uh, five second guy no. or not dave yellow what happened did, did you did you hear I, rick's joke i don't know i think i think we thought maybe rick's <laughs> that you joke... guys pissed me off so much that was it yeah. i couldn't handle anymore yeah, we thought uh... <laughs> We thought we thought Rick offended you, but I I was going to say, um, isn't Lucy getting her massage? Is she is she getting her massage she, 
therapy deal or is she? She is. She is like one week away from graduation. Oh. So yeah, we're finally at the end. It's been quite the journey for her. Yeah. Well, so on that note, you're a massage, licensed massage therapist. She will be in a week. Explain how y'all massage each other and be specific. <laughs> well, you know, that, uh, that is a question that has come up before. And I'll tell you, the, the story is a little not as cool as it might sound. Yeah. <laughs> because both oh. of us, it's like the last thing you kind of want to do when you get home is massage your, your significant other. But thank goodness we both do it. So yeah. if it was just me, every previous relationship I've ever had, that was like I just gave massage all the time and yeah. I never got it back. But yeah. finally I have a girlfriend that kind of reciprocates a little bit. So it's pretty great. Man. I was going to say, you do like the, like at the massage school. Her hands school. are weak and so she can't, rub, she can't rub me as hard as I need it to be. <laughs> at the, like the massage school, so, everyone gets like in the long massage oh. train and you massage the guy in front of you and he does the guy in front of him and it's like a giant uh, human centipede of massaging, I guess. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's exactly what it is. It's a lot, giant chain, conga chain. <laughs> That's all you do. That's all you do to get your certification. <laughs> you do that every day of like eight hours a day, five days a week for like two years. And you're like, oh, God, I'm so relaxed. I can finally do this now. <laughs> all right. Now, we will, we will transition out of inappropriate massage, <laughs> massage talk. Oh, and so, mercy. Dave, you have an interesting background and story and uh, – Tell us about it. Uh, get, don't, uh, you don't have to give us the super abbreviated version. Uh, tell us how you got to where you are today. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, gosh, you got to trace it back quite a bit. But um, I will have to abbreviate at some point <laughs> a little bit. But I grew up in St. Louis, um, born and raised St. Louis, Missouri, Cardinals fan, big time. Boo. And, boo, um, boo, so, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you and your 2011 yeah, World but, Series that you stole from us. Yeah. Texas Rangers. Exactly. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's see. You know, typical average American kid. You know, fourteen years old, depressed, listening to Nine Inch Nails and Nirvana on my skateboard with my black hoodie and kind of pedaling around town, and really had no direction. It was just now I trace it all back to the Quick Trip gas station moving in across the street on my fourteenth birthday, <laughs> and that was like, there you go. It was a sugar filled diet from then on. So I think I just kind of lived a little bit depressed from the 14 to 18. Everybody just tells you it's teenage angst, you know, but really I think it was nutritionally I was just void of probably so much stuff back then. And so did went to a private all-boys Catholic high school. It was a really mm, great school. Awesome. Graduated that. Everybody went on, <laughs> everybody went off to college. And um, so I did the same and I was like I didn't really have any interest in anything. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Nothing had ever – sparked my interest. So I ended up going to college like everybody else did, roomed with a best friend of mine. And um, we just totally bombed out and and partied every night and just didn't ever go to class. And so it was really easy to uh, fail. I found out you just don't go to class. (laughs) So Mr. Blutowski, uh, 0.0. And that was uh, that was the end of college. So mom said, I'll give you that one one year and I kind of blew it. And so I came home and she said, there's absolutely no way you're going to move in with me. So you got to figure something out. Moved in with a couple of buddies of mine who were definitely on the same path as me, losers, not really having any direction. And so that didn't last very long. We owed a bunch of rent money. And before we were getting evicted, I sat there and a rallies commercial came on TV and it was a spinning hamburger that said, you got to eat, you got to eat, 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 you got to eat. And it's this spinning hamburger with a big spotlight on it. And here we are drooling at the mouth, starving with no food. And then the very next commercial was 1-800-USA-ARMY, be all you can be. And it was like, 
talking about all this stuff that they'd give you and college money and all these things and change your whole life around. So sure enough, I shit you not, that is the, uh, that is the way I did it. I <laughs> called, uh, called the number and two weeks later I was in basic training in the army infantry. So I go into the recruiter's office and guy takes me in and he can probably see just the, the baby face 19 year old in front of him. And he knew I was an easy target. So he kind of <laughs> asked me what I want, what did I want to be uh, in the army? What do you want to do? And, I had no idea at that point. And he's like, well, do you like the outdoors? I'm like, well, yeah, I love the outdoors. We <laughs> like camping, like right? Like, I love, love camping. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm like, I love camping. He's like, well, infantry. You'll love the infantry. <laughs> and then, bam, we stamped the stamp. And there it was. Four years later, I'm gone off into the infantry. And I let's see, I joined in 2001 before 9-11. So oh, wow, wow. Right, out of base, right out of basic training. Two weeks out of basic training, 9-11 happened. So it was like Gosh. I'm just the most cherry private with no rank at all, just totally at the mercy of everyone above me. And so that that ended up being really hard, just kind of total new guy and then thrown into a situation where the whole world just changed. And so pretty, pretty rapidly we deployed to Kuwait in 2001, stayed there. That was a awful deployment. It really wasn't a wartime deployment or anything that was prepping to potentially go to war. So that deployment was pretty tough. It was um, it was just really a bunch of training and being such a low rank, they, they had the ability just to pick on you every day and dig a hole here and then fill it up and then dig it back again and now <laughs> clean your weapon and bury it and clean it. And it was just that kind of thing over and over. So very monotonous and lots of walking and um, you know, you're in the infantry, so it's really just kind of walking and shooting guns and cleaning your guns and walking and shooting guns and cleaning your guns. And so we got back, and then, you know, life happened for a little while. I met a girl in Denver, Colorado. I was stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado, which at the time I thought would be this beautiful thing, and I'd get to snowboard every season, and that never happened. But So anyway, then the whole war thing happened in 2003. That kicked off, and right away we deployed back to Iraq and stayed there for like 13 months. Jeez. And so that was pretty brutal. So that relationship I had, that ended. Um, I ended up marrying that girl right before I deployed. So that was kind of, you know, everybody was getting married. And here I am, this 20-year-old with no clue of what I'm doing with my life. And so I got married to this girl, thought it was the best thing ever, gave her power of attorney of everything. Deployed, same old. Yeah, you can pretty much tell where that's going to go. You know, same old story. Come back, everything's gone. Negative money in the bank account. Oh, my You know. Friends, friends were gone. It was just a really pretty disastrous, low, super low, dark time coming back from that whole thing. And so I didn't really know what to do. Again, here I am in that same same place. I'm about to get out of the army. My four years are almost up, and I'm still like now. I'm just this broken soul with no direction, and I'm so depressed. And I really just didn't know what to do with myself. So moved back to St. Louis, and like two weeks after I moved back, that friend that I had roomed with in college, who was like my best buddy the whole time, he died in a car wreck. And so that was like, oh, another disaster, you know. So it really that that moment was like the turning point of everything for me. It was kind of, well, I can continue on this path of not knowing what I want to do, stay dark and depressed for forever, you know, and it can just be that, or get my stuff together and start start doing something with my life and so it took a little while beyond that but I was introduced to this most amazing man Tom Tessero he's a owner of the Healing Arts Center massage school where I went to massage school in St. Louis and met him he did like a session with me it was just basically talking kind of psychoanalyzing me and figuring out what's wrong with this kid 
And it was the greatest thing ever. And after like two hours of talking with this guy and he gave me a Reiki session and whatever it was, I left and I really have never been that type of sad ever again. And it was just like that that one day the, the light switch was flipped. And so that was it. And I was like, oh boy, that's what I need to be doing. I need to be helping people like this is so powerful. If I can, if he can do that for me, I can do that for other people. And so I went to a school and went through like the 15 month program. It was incredible. That was total life changer. I learned how to breathe and how to meditate and just how to chill out and realize that I was just so wired all the time, just so stressed out. I was really working around with a lot of pain at that point, a lot of back pain and knee pain and calf pain and everything just seemed to be tensed up all the time. So the massage school is just amazing. And so did that for like three years and loved it, except for it was just breaking my body down. Hands were cramping and I was just giving tons of massages every day and, you know, like 30 plus a week. And so Lucy can't, she's given three a week and is just complaining like crazy. And so (laughs) I really don't have a ton of sympathy for her for that, but 30 something a week. And, you know, I realized that that is not going to be a sustainable thing that I can do forever. I need more because the people would come in, they want you to just fix them for you. And I knew that there needs to be a better way to where I can help them fix themselves. And that's where training came in. And so I got my training certification, an old one like AFA or something way back in the day. And, um, yeah, I started, really didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. It was like, do I work at a Gold's gym? Where do I go? Where's your first step? And just out of random fate, a guy right in that area had like passed out some little boot camp flyer and it was just one guy and he was in this tiny little nothing room And I met him and I was like, hey, you know, you need assistance, you know, I'll help you out with whatever you need. I don't know anything. I don't really even know how to train a person. And just immediately he threw me into the fire and was like, well, you're training all my people immediately. And so right away, and it was like the best thing that ever happened because just kind of, you're either going to make it or you're not. And I took to it like it was something I should have been doing my whole life. And it was just the greatest experience ever. And I loved it. And me and that guy, Steve Long, who owns Complete Fitness Results in St. Louis, me and him grew that business into a you know an 8,000 square foot megaplex with a bunch of clients and it was just the it was a glorious five-year growth period on that and within that time frame I'd met Lucy and we had met at a breathing seminar who knows when let's see that was I don't even remember what year that was but we met at a breathing seminar Um, both of us passionate about that part you know I've never really met anybody else who's so passionate about breathing and um, yeah let's see we did that we we met there and we started doing the long distance thing for almost two years and that was uh it was starting to wear pretty thin and i've always followed jim and lucy's stuff and so that just seemed like a logical choice for me to pick up and move st louis and i hauled my butt over to lexington kentucky and here i am right now talking to you and dave i want to i want to uh first thing i want to say is thank you for your service uh I know that's not easy, obviously, for doing that. So, and I, Rick is a cop, and so, so every now and then I will I'll get sappy on Rick and say thank you for doing what you do. But thank you. And also, we, we recently had a tip of the week. Um, oh, it was two or three shows ago, and I, there's this book I'm reading called. Uh, well, and I, I, it's one of the books I'm reading. I can't remember which one it was, but it talked. But Rick, remember, it, like the tip of the week was don't just sit there in the dark and wait for someone to turn the light on. If you want the yeah light, yeah yeah if you want the light turned on. Go turn it on yourself. Get up and go turn the light on. And it, and it kind of sounds like that's what you did. Like there's so many people that will just sit there, like like in the state that you were in, especially like after your friend mm-hmm. died, it's like, all right, well, I'm in the dark. This sucks, and I'm just going to sit here because everything sucks. And 
And, you know, if the lights are going to turn on, they're going to turn on. But you didn't do that. You did what very few people sort of had the resolve to do. So do you think that was your upbringing? Like, was something – had you had you displayed A that lot type to do of – with that, yeah. yeah. Explain, like, why Mom, you think – yeah, my, yeah. It, Mommy. It's my mommy. I love, <laughs> I'm a total mama's boy. And she threw that whole thing through, you know, of course, your whole childhood and everything else. And she just supported me through the whole deal. And it was like, I think that reality of potentially disappointing your mother is, it sounds so corny, but like that was that huge thing was I cannot fail my mom again. You know, I just cannot put her through this, that the deployment for her was probably equally as difficult in a different way. But I mean, that really gave her nervous breakdowns constantly. There's no communication back and forth. I mean, there was no even letters back and forth at the very beginning there was no communication, you know, so we would, we would write a letter and it would be three months before she would be able to read my writing. And then it would take three months, you know, before I would get it. And that was how slow the mail chain was at the very beginning in 2003. It was just very, very slow. So that was torturous on her. And then she saw how much Alex's passing away really just tore me apart. And she was the one who introduced me to Tom Tesro, the owner of the Healing Arts Center, because out of her worry. And, you know, I think that and just, knowing that I had to do something with my life, there had to be something more. And, you know, I think then that's personally, that's just my path. I, I needed to kind of suffer so I could see that downside. And so and now I can be so appreciative of everything I've got. Yeah. And that, that's one of those, the, those points that I think is important that, you know, life isn't going to be just a, a bed of roses and perfect all the time. And it's no. those, and it's those moments of darkness. I think that, that really make the, the light, uh, worthwhile. And if you don't experience that stuff, uh, but a lot of people could just get stuck and they just kind of have this woe is me sort of attitude and they just, they never do get to experience the good stuff because they just, they just get stuck. Uh, so anyway, um, so cool. Totally. That, yeah, that's great stuff. But so what, what is like in your experience? I mean, you said you know, you're kind of thrown into the fire. You've seen all sorts of different movement patterns. You've seen everything from the, the, you know, the military and, and then now going, working with just a bunch of, you know, quote unquote, average, regular people, civilians, I think is what right. you, you uh, the normies. Yeah. The normies. So like, <laughs> what is like maybe some of the biggest things are, are the biggest things that people are missing? And I know you guys do a lot of, of stuff with breathing. That's one of the things I don't think people talk about. And when I do the warm-up that you guys showed us at the Josh Retreat, that's like how I warm up now, just like the core stuff. When like if I'm ever working yeah. out with somebody and they see me doing that warm-up, they're like, what are you doing? Like it doesn't make any sense. So there's things like that <laughs> that you all do that I think are amazing. So what are some of the big things that people are missing just on a very generic level? Yeah, I mean, the, the word is foundation for sure. People are coming in and they just really have no idea of what even a good foundation is. Their alignment is totally jacked. They're favoring one side over the other a lot. Um, their breathing patterns are definitely in that hyperinflated, very extended state. So their chest is lifted. If I say take a deep breath, they take a deep breath and you can hear it. You can see their neck muscles turn on, their chest lifts way up, and they're kind of living in that arched back extended position all the time and that's really what we're seeing just on repeat which is crazy because it's every single person with just that random person that's not but yeah everyone seems to be extended and when you're that you have extremely weak abs and you're probably pretty tight in your erectors and your low back your upper neck and trap muscles are going to be over engaged your diaphragm is now not being utilized as a primary respiratory muscle now it's being utilized as a postural muscle and so it just all kinds of bad things happen from just 
And what it usually stems from is people sit, yeah. and then when they try and sit up straight at their desk, that's when they mess it all up. It's or, like or when they they're stand thinking up. their hunching is bad, but then they lift their chest up to get tall, and they're really extending their backs and then lengthening their diaphragm, and now they're just totally screwing their bodies up when yeah. they do it like that. Yeah, and the same thing like when, you, when people stand up after being in the car for a couple hours, they'll it's kind of that same tendency, like, oh, I've been hunched over, I really need to to overextend they're thinking that they're like counterbalancing the problem but what you're what you're saying is when people right. are overextending lengthening their diaphragm what's also happening is that your pelvis is tilting uh and, and what anteriorly oh, yeah. right so then you've got all these Anterior hip issues tilt, yeah. yeah so um yeah that that problem and that's i think where all this the problems stem is this sort of over and I, if we were all neutral all the time you know you wouldn't have those issues so so like what are some what are some things that you tell your your clients or the people that you train to to stop doing that <laughs> well that's the first thing. stop doing yeah, that, that now, you, just awareness easy. is yeah. the is the first thing i kind of me and lucy both are really good at doing it with my own body so I can really exaggerate with my own body and make them look at me and be like you see this doesn't that you see how that doesn't look right you know this is then I give a lot of analogies and just try and explain it in any way I can because most people it is very confusing it's probably counterintuitive to what they thought their whole lives and most likely in any other training regime that they've been in they were actually coaching him to be in that position and so now they're really thinking who's this oddball who wants me to lay on the ground and put my tongue up and potentially like he's put I, I'm really pretty intimate about getting the rib cage to like come down you know so it's internally rotating the rib cage really getting the diaphragm to face the pelvic floor. And when you're doing that, you're creating this more uh, just a proper intra-abdominal pressure bubble that you can stabilize your spine better that way. And so that's really it. First day, it's a lot of educating. You know, I kind of, I explained to them right off the bat, listen, you know, this is going to be like me trying to teach you Chinese today and it just doesn't happen overnight. And it's all going to seem confusing at first, but I will show you how it all ties in by the end of this session. And so at first I got them laying on the ground, potentially feet on the wall or just laying on their back. And I watch them breathe a little bit and just get an idea of what I'm dealing with. And most people, they're either paradoxical. And so like instead of their belly kind of rising to their chest, it would rise or the breath is just backwards or it's rapid or it's not expansive or just who knows what it is. It could be anything. And then I guide them into what a normal human breath should be just kind of laying there on the ground or scrolling through Facebook or walking through the world. It's in and out through your nose, nice and easy rhythmical. You shouldn't really even notice the person breathing. Tongue should be elevated to the roof of your mouth. Your jaw's unclenched. And that's just what normal is and just walking around. Now, positional breathing, which we do a lot of in the gym, is just a totally other th different thing. So potentially you are exhaling through your mouth powerfully to achieve a position with the diaphragm or get the ab muscles to turn on. So there is those two different worlds and that confuses people is what's normal and then what is positional breathing where I'm actually trying to achieve something a bony position now, you, so you, i get them on the ground they said i'll go, yeah, go, ahead, go for it well i was gonna ask uh you, you you said something that made me think of like when you're sleeping um how important is it to breathe through your nose when you're sleeping is that is that something that people should like even worry about or is that you know oh i breathe through my mouth when i'm sleeping no big deal uh yeah worry about that a lot. I would I would think that if you know that you're a snorer or that that or your spouse is a snorer and they're breathing through their mouth, that's a, that's a big problem. They're not going to be getting the restorative sleep each night that they really their body deserves, and so they're never quite shutting off 
And um, yeah, I would think that that needs to be a remedy immediately. Now, personally, I have slightly deviated septum on the left. So every single night I still, I'm just breathe right strip. Give it to me. I want it. I can't even lay on my right side without that left side kind of closing in, it feels like, without the breathe right strip. So step one, if you're a mouth breather, please use the breathe right strip at night at least to get that started. But we do a whole nasal breathing protocol to like help people actually get the air to go in and out through their nose again. Because if you are a mouth breather, it's not going to want to go there right away. Yeah. Your body's pretty comfortable at the the way it's it's figured out how to do it. So, you know, we got to teach the nose how to even take that amount of volume of air coming in because at first it's going to be pretty sensitive and their nasal passages are going to be sensitive to all that air coming in. So, you know, we do the netty sticks and the and all kinds of little things yeah. and little tricks and things to help them get get well, comfortable putting I, air in th- through the nose. And I but had a, I had there's a, a lot of ways to learn. Yeah, I had a sinus infection like in uh, August or something, and I'd heard of neti pots and I'd seen them. I think I've even talked about this on the show, Rick. Stop me if I have to. And so I started doing that in August, and I I probably do the neti pot five times a week in the morning. That's like the first thing I do. Wow. And that has been just such like I, I get like I travel with it. I I just I feel weird like when I don't do it, and it's just if I don't do it, it's not like I can't breathe, you know. So don't think that it's like you know my mom was like addicted to like nasal spray, uh, right. like, like she could not she could <laughs> yeah, not she's she, going around uh, trying to buy nasal spray in back alleys, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, well, like, doing with the associated acts to get that stuff. She couldn't like breathe in the morning without she would have like Afrin or something by her bed, and every morning she would wake up, you know. So it's neti pot is a natural. It's not going to do that uh and just sort of in in like training yourself it makes a lot of sense because when babies are nursing which is like that's like the other than crying when they're in a state of you know that's a kind of a fight or flight sort of a stress response when they're crying when they're not crying they're either they're eating or sleeping if you watch babies they're always breathing through their nose so you know that is like the way that it's that's the design uh and so that's maybe one of the things that people are like okay i'm dialing in my food i got my movement and then they think Oh, I got to breathe through my nose, and that's like one of the most basic things because if you don't aren't breathing through your nose, your your parasympathetic nervous system isn't in control. Your fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system stays in control, and you never kind of like you said you never get that restorative sleep. Well, if you're breathing through your mouth all day, you're never out of mm. that uh, fight or flight stress response, um, and so you're just in a constant state of inflammation. So that is something as easy as when you're driving around, concentrating on breathing through your nose. That can be, you know pay huge dividends. Total total life changer for someone who's maybe never heard that information. If you literally had never I've heard that, never that heard is something you should right now, do. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I mean, yeah, if you've never heard that, it, that is like an immediate change of your life that you could do. It's so easy to implement. Yeah, you're in your car. Press your tongue to the roof of your mouth. Don't let your teeth touch each other, and just try and slow your breathing down so you can't really hear it anymore. And it's just in and out through your nose, nice and calm. And like if people could just do that alone, yeah. it brings you present to the present moment. It just it slows things down. Heart rate goes down. You're not thinking about a million other things. I mean, Lucy talks about it constantly, but it's how many people are driving around in the world with just all these repetitive thoughts that just flood their brain and they can't shut it off. It's like that's your switch. That's the light switch. Just put your tongue up. Think about nasal breathing. Yeah. Take ten breaths, and before you know it, all those thoughts have kind of faded away, and you're just back in the moment again. Well, and there and there's so many. Yeah, and, you've never done that. And there's so many different things that it does. It doesn't. Ju- I mean, it's 
it's getting you uh, mindful. So you're thinking about the present moment. That's one thing because you're thinking, okay, I got to breathe through my nose. Okay, there's the there's like a mental benefit, which has physical right. benefits because now you're switching oh. off the sympathetic and you're going into that that rest and digest the parasympathetic. You know, there's a there's a physical response. There, it's so it's not just about. Uh, you know, like the meditation. There's so much science and literature and studies after studies after studies, and all every anatomy. I mean, if you open up any good anatomy book, you'll see that they, it'll tell you everything about nasal breathing and how important it is and why it's so important. And you know, what isn't printed out there very much is like how to get people to learn how to nasal breathe better and more efficiently. But the anatomy books are very happy to tell you how it should be right. anatomically correct is this, but how do you get people to do that? And so really Speaking, that's, that's what we've practiced over years and years now of just trying to get people chilled out a little bit, get them aware of the breathing because if they're not aware of breathing and they're kind of in that fight or flight panic state, their body is definitely not receptive to learning new exercise, especially if they're going to be very, I mean, we do pretty fine tuned motor movements when I'm like trying to get a scapula to move on a rib cage or a hip to move properly without bending through their spine. Those things are, that takes thought. You got to sit there and really think about it. And people can't believe how hard it can be to go on your hands and knees and just move one arm. Right. If you, if you're lined up properly doing a bird dog arm can be really difficult mentally. And so you, if you're off panic thinking about your kid's dinner tonight, you know, it's, it's not going to register probably. So right. The people who get the best results are really the ones who sit there and they focus. They take the two to five minutes to sit there and just chill out before they do the training session. Then we get started yeah. and their bodies, I mean, it's amazing. One of the, the coolest progress. One of the coolest I learned from you guys at the Jossa Retreat, which uh, sign up, I believe, I listened to the Jossa podcast that they released this morning, or Tuesday morning. This is coming out on Thursday. But uh, from as of Tuesday, the 26th, there were still a couple of spots left. I'll put a link to the show notes. But um, yeah, one of the coolest things that I, I do now, I, before I work out, you think, okay, I got to go run half a mile and get all warmed up. I will lay down for two minutes and breathe in and like shorter than I breathe out. So I'll breathe in for three seconds and out for six seconds. And I do that for two minutes. That's like how I start Perfect. my warm up now because y'all taught me that. And it, I just feel so much better when I do that. It's sort of like a mindful thing and there's all this other benefits. But real quick on the anatomy books you mentioned, Rick, I want to, I wanted to ask, uh, hmm. any of you guys, uh, back in the, in the days when Barnes and Noble were a little more popular, when you'd go in there to buy books, any of y'all go in there with your mom or dad, uh, and go to the, like the anatomy books and, and sort of flip through the to the female anatomy. Would you, anyone else do that? <laughs> I just had a Sears catalog what? under my bed that I used in my own personal anatomy book. Sears catalog. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bra and penny section. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right, well uh, Dave, we, I we're, we're running out of t uh, Coming up on time here, there's a question I'm going to ask you that I ask all first-time guests on the show. But before I ask you that, Tell me, uh, what are the resources? I know you guys have tons of awesome videos uh, uh, online. Like, Where can everyone find all of those resources and, and things, uh, the, the work that you're doing? So basically, if you're a trainer or just anybody looking for information, the, the step one is there's so much stuff. How can you even begin to sift through the crap and the good stuff? Like yeah. that's that's been the biggest battle is most people come in, they've at least seen some things and it's it's pretty off. You know, you can write something and post it out there. And if it has a, ta a, a funky tagline, most people are going to read it and then they start to believe it. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I would start people if you're a trainer 
Mike Robertson, you know, he is just one of the greatest resources, easy to understand. He takes very complicated um, subject matter and turns it pretty simple to understand. So Mike Robertson's amazing. Eric Cressy, if you have, have any interest in shoulder mechanics, I mean, he's kind of the shoulder guy of the universe. Spell his last um, name for me. Mike Ro- Eric. C-R-E-S-S-E-Y. Eric Cressy. Awesome. Okay. E-Y. Um, but I'll, I'll send a link. If yeah. Lucy already put together an email for me. I'll send that to you. It'll have a bunch of resources and links and stuff to go to. Uh, Mike Robertson and Bill Hartman have created a thing called iFast University. It is a monthly fee on that, but the information on it is just, it's world-class. It's so good. And it's, it's something I'm, I'm looking at all yeah. the time. Well, and send me your, your stuff pop- too. Send me the stuff, like the links, the, of the videos that you guys have posted that are, that are out there on the interwebs, uh, and I'll, I'll make sure. Totally, and, and most too. of most of what I'll send you to is Lucy. I mean, she's kind yeah. of my my segue into the online world out there. I yeah. really, I'm not active online. I kind of have always stayed away from it. Totally a one on one, like face to face kind of guy. So I leave that world to Lucy. So she's got a bunch of stuff, and it's all amazing, and tons of links. And she'd be willing to share any information with you. You can get in touch with me through here, through her, or on Facebook. That's really my only social media access. Yeah. Um, well, and but you, yeah, so Eric Cressy, Bill Hartman, Mike Robertson, Postural Restoration Institute yeah, has just been. One. That is that is so huge. I mean, PRI. I don't know if. You guys ever talk about that on the show or not? Not much. Yeah, you but mentioned I, that. Y'all, you're the one yeah. that, that uh, introduced me to that. Yeah. What's up? All right, we did it. Uh, we had some, we're some Skype it. issues on the last final question. Don't you dare complain about okay. Skype because we have beams going into outer space, so we can record from three different cities. Yeah, so no, that's up, true. That is true. It's going to space. Give it a second to get back from space. <laughs> um, all right. So the last question. I want to go to space. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is one thing that you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? It Other- doesn't have to be fitness or health related. It can be. Like I watch uh, this show on Netflix or something. Yeah, other than getting a massage from uh, Lucy. Well, <laughs> from Mark. Damn, that was, that was it. Yeah. Um, no, I have always, when I was 10 years old, I first started playing pool. And so I've been you know, 34 now. So 24 years I've been been playing pool as much as I can. It's it's something that kind of, you know, every, every once in a while I don't play for a year or so but it is uh that is definitely my hobby out of all things playing cool. pool and then just educating myself that's as dorky as it sounds that's pretty much what the routine is every night we go home and watch a postural restoration dvd or read some article or sit there and assess each other on a massage <laughs> table. I mean, really, yes really but lucy <laughs> plays pool now too so i'm getting her addicted so cool. well that's yeah. crazy because mark is also very into pool he plays pocket pool everywhere he goes so. <laughs> oh yeah he's yeah. Nine, nine ball in the corner pocket yeah very funny <laughs> very funny rick <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, we're going to let you go. Uh, really appreciate you being on. We're going to have to have you back on at some point in the future. Uh, but thanks for your time. You're welcome, buddy. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Dave. Uh, he sent me a link uh, or an email that had a bunch of links and stuff that will all be in the show notes. And we were texting this afternoon, uh, and we are going to have him back on as well. I mean, we've just barely scratched the surface. I mean, really, all we talked about, other than his story, which was incredible, it was like the breathing and the sleep stuff. The, ble- uh, the breathing. I was thinking while we were doing this, I was like, you know what? This is something that we've never talked about on the show, and I've never heard anything about any of it ever. Huh. So maybe we good. should, maybe we should do a shorts on nasal absolutely. breathing. Yeah, absolutely. I've read, like I've read that's something that's 
it, I mean, it never occurred to me. Yeah. Well, when I was a prisoner, I read an entire book on nasal breathing. Um, hmm. And so we could talk about that. Oh, uh, good for you. John Dooliard. He's somebody that we need to have on the show. Um, okay. It is now time for Humans Being Human. Uh, we actually recorded a couple of these this week. One is, is uh, yours. And yes. uh, we're going to just, just, just play it right now. Okay. Joining us today on the Humans Being Human segment uh, is someone that... Oh, it's Rick. Yeah, it's not anybody special. Yeah. It's just me. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So you, you know, have the story. I, it, you've been like wanting to tell me this story for... It's, it's not just weeks. It's been like months. That you've uh, been, it's been a few weeks. It wasn't that long. Okay. It was maybe like a month ago. But uh, I'm getting to the age. You know, I'm, you know, I'll be 36 at the end of February here. So I'm getting to the age where I try to stop doing like really super dumb stuff. But it doesn't always happen that way. So I don't have that many humans being human stories. But this is one that I feel like, Mark, you would uh, would appreciate specifically. And also – You pooped your pants. I'm so it. proud of you. So, <laughs> I framed them and sent them to you in a shadow box. <laughs> Gross. Uh, you know, I, there are various points in my life where I feel like very much like I'm George Costanza of yeah. real life and that I am just a player in a giant sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the best like story that I could tell that would be directly from a sitcom, okay. I think. So I'm working uh, and it's a Sunday night and I work overnight. So everyone knows 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So uh, it was just kind of a regular old night at work, a little bit busy for a Sunday. Uh, my partner, Colt, that rides in the car with me, very long story short, for the month of December, he was riding with another officer. Oh, so I have, I'm by myself in a car, and Colt is with another guy. Well, we've talked about this before several times. Like One it. of the things that Colt and I do is we kind of focus on people with mental health issues, and part of that is we go back and we follow up <clears> on them, talk to them later, see how they're doing. Another one is when we see a call holding on the computer screen in the car that's you know doesn't have to be in our area. If it's someone else's area, we'll go take that if it happens to be somebody that, that sounds like they're having mental problems. So uh, – we're working, yada yada. We're messaging back and forth in the car. Well, we both, uh, we all go to Chipotle for to eat. Oh, and, don't uh, eat at Chipotle, you'll all die. Man, I am proof that you will not because <laughs> I've been eating that stuff like four times a week, and it, like the lines are so short, it's really amazing. Yeah, it's great. But I love Chipotle because yeah, love Chipotle. it's both five shift and three shift compliant. Right, right for me. Speaking and I'm of, kind if of you don't know what eater. he's talking about, alt shift. Go to the website simplymaster.com. Buy the book. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, that's a good plug there. But like someday, uh, to not to give it away, some days you eat high fat, some days you eat, you eat uh, kind of a little bit higher starches and lower fat, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Not to give away the, the thing. So yeah. uh, we've been eating at Chipotle all the time because I can always find something on whatever shift. So I love Chipotle. In fact, uh, the first time I ever, I can tell you the uh, exact date that I ever first ate at Chipotle. It was the day my older cousin got married. Because I came to Dallas for the wedding. Me and my brother were ushers. We went to the Y to work out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Then he took me to Chipotle, and I'd never heard of it before, and it changed my life. And then I got drunk in the shower and went to his <laughs> wedding. It was really funny. I drank like five beers in like four minutes. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Were they Bud Ices? Careful. Uh, no, they're just regular Bud Lights. Okay. okay. I wish there were five Bud Ices. Bud Ices. That's a joke that only one well, other person will understand, and he doesn't listen to the show. But. Well, for the record, Bud Ice is the highest, and I'm not a beer drinker, but it is the <laughs> highest percentage alcohol. Of any, so just be careful with that. It's not true. In college, Mark got super trashed one time. I'm like, dudes, <laughs> I drank five Bud Ices, and we're like, five Bud Ices, huh? Rummy, all right. It was really funny. But Shut up. so, anyways, uh, Chipotle, I'm a big fan of it. So, but I've always had kind of a love hate relationship with Chipotle because I love spicy food. Spicy food sometimes doesn't love me back mm. in the stomach department. I don't have a weak stomach, but just sometimes it, you know, 
I think everyone's probably the same. But I want a huge pile of the super hot red sauce on whatever I eat. But I have to tell them, no, just a little tiny bit because I don't want to you know, go around crap myself. So right. I get whatever I happen to get with just a little bit of the red sauce on there. So then we, we go our separate ways and we go start taking calls. And maybe it's like an hour later and uh, there was – we saw on the computer screen, there's like a screen for pending calls, calls that haven't been dispatched yet. And we see that's a possible mental health-related call. So I sent him a message. I was like, hey, there's mental health call, whatever address. You want to go to that? And he's like, yeah, let's go. Well, before we went to that call, there was an alarm, a business alarm, which sounds – Bigger than it is, they're almost ninety nine point nine percent of them are false alarms. I, I but went on, I went on an alarm call with you. Remember, we went to that like there's like a swimming pool. That, oh yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Nothing yeah. was there. I'm like walking around, like waiting for the the burglars to jump out, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just whistling around, like twirling my nightstick. <laughs> yeah. So we go to take this alarm, and then after that, we're gonna. So we go take this alarm, and it's nothing. Just you know, they didn't lock the door properly or something. So. We're, I'm like, uh, I send a message. Like, hey, now I send you know dispatch a message on the computer. Hey me and him are going to go take this mental health call. So just assign it to us. So we're on our way there and, uh, we're probably, I don't know, maybe three or four miles from there. And I'm driving on the service road of the highway. And all of a sudden, and it is like literally just all of a sudden, there was no lead up to this at all. Or I would have like planned ahead of time. I feel the, uh, the gurgling of the okay. volcano okay. reaction yes, okay. in my stomach. And I'm like, Oh gosh, hmm. Whew, that Chipotle is he hikes. Well, too much of the red sauce. And then I'm driving maybe like another like quarter mile and I realized, oh God, yeah, I got to do something about this like immediately. So I sent him a message. I was like, follow me because I don't want him – like I'm in the car in front. I don't want him to uh, – me turn off and him go, I don't know, I'll just go on to the house. I want him to know like I'm making a necessary stop here. So I'm driving and uh, that is not an acceptable time to throw your lights and sirens on when you're about to have super hot diarrhea. But did you? I really wish it was. No. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but I stop at a red light, and he said he sent me a message with a bunch of question marks, and I send back like "bathroom emergency," "got to do one" or something like that. So he's like, "Ah, I gotcha." So I get to his stoplight, and I and uh, I'm trying to evaluate my options. Uh, no one likes to crap in a gas station. Uh, Sometimes you got mark, to do. Mark that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, let me tell you, your options are really limited on places you can crap at like around midnight because a lot of places are closed. So I get to a, a red light and to the left, there's a 7-Eleven and to the right, there's like another kind of random branded gas station. So I just like look around, there's no traffic uh, and I'm in the wrong lane, but I flip my signal on. I turn left when the light turns. Well, I'm pulling into the parking lot, and my computer flashes. I have a message. I hit it, and it's my par- It's cold. The car behind me, and he says, "Bathroom's closed there. Oh no, not gonna work." And I'm like, "Oh, like I'm already yeah. like clutching my stomach, like I have got to get indoors asap." So, I immediately swing around wildly in the parking lot and go back out to the street, and I go across the street to the like random branded gas station, and it's like 12:01 a.m. That time is important because I'm walking. I park my car, throw it in park. I'm running up and I'm unsnapping the little belt keepers on my belt so I can get it off quickly. And the lady looks at me through the window and just uh, clicks a little like chain on the sign that says open and turns it off and looks at me and gives me the sorry, man. And I look at her like, you don't understand. And she just turns around and walks to the back of the room and flips the lights off. I'm like, oh, no. So... We've got a real disaster potentially on our hands. So not real far away, maybe like a mile, maybe a mile and a half. I know for a fact 
is the training academy. Uh, it's closed overnight, but they leave like the half of the building open overnight that has like the, the weight room and it has bathrooms. And so, and a co- couple computers to, to write police reports. So I'm like, okay, I know I can make it to the academy. Just can I make it to the academy without crapping my pants? <laughs> so I, I'm flying down the road, and I'm usually a very, very slow, safe driver. I am not a slow, safe driver right now because I'm like, I'm weighing my options. Totality, totality of the circumstance, I'm about to crap my pants. Uh, I'm going. So I pull into the training academy. And to, it's 2016, Mark. I would yes. figure most people that work for some sort of entity that has locked doors, they have like the key cards, and we're the same way. Every door in the whole city works on a key card that yeah. I keep in my wallet. Except the key to the back door of the police academy. Uh, it is not a key card entry. Try to set this up right. There is a key box on the wall with an actual key, like a metal key. And it's like one of those spinny locks, like yeah, you have a yeah, locker. Yeah. But it's not like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like all the alphabet A through Z. And I'm going to try – I'm not going to give away the code, but it's like yeah. a three-letter code. But the letters are really, really far apart yeah. from each other. It's like A, and Z, so, and then B. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to spin it for like 100 <laughs> years. Anybody who's listening to this, if there is anybody at work who's listening to this, they're knowing exactly what I'm talking about. Right now they're shaking their head going, yeah, I hate that stupid thing. I hate it so bad. So I'm like spinning, 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 and I finally get the key out. Well, it's kind of an older lock. And so it doesn't work real good. Like you have to line it up perfectly, right? Uh, so I stick the key in and I'm turning it and I can't get it exactly lined up perfectly. And I'm turning it and I'm turning it and like beads of sweat are like on my forehead. I'm starting to like come down my face. I'm like turning the lock. Oh God, you got to just maintain composure. I got to think, uh, I got to face breathe, danger. Breathe, I got to I gotta focus here. I got to maintain my composure. So I'm like trying to get the key and trying to get the key. And I'm not like overly like, crazily aggressive with the key i'm just trying to turn it turn it turn it turn it turn it and just trying and trying it and all of a sudden you poop what happens the key snaps off right in the lock what so i'm looking there at like just the round part of the key that goes in the key ring and (laughs) i look in the lock and i'm like (laughs) and i'm like like about to start crying and i'm like can i crap in the i'm like seriously evaluating can i crap in the parking lot yeah can i crap in the bushes can i work like right now can I have an emergency crap? Well, like the right behind the academy is a housing addition with all these kind of two two story houses, and they look over the wall. If anyone's looking out the door or their window, they can see me crapping in the Wait, parking lot. Did you do so, it? Well, uh, I just basically gritted my teeth down, and I was like, I am not able to crap right now. That's the sacrifice that we make as policemen. That sometimes we don't get to eat on time, and sometimes we have to hold it in. And I managed to hold back the volcanic eruption because like you bear just, in mind you just what's holding the call it. we're going to right now is a guy that's, you know, having a little bit of a mental crisis and uh, is hearing voices inside of his apartment. And so he thinks it's get the there. people underneath him spying on him. And he's not sure how long he can not go down there and, you know, I don't know, Kill cut, them. Them all, cut their heads off with hatchets or yeah. something. So we're trying to really do this quickly. But it's not going to be good if I – so we have, I have no choice. We have to go to this guy's apartment and make sure he doesn't kill anybody and make sure that he gets the help he needs. So I go over there, and I'm just 
gritting my teeth trying to like give this guy is it one of those deals where like it hits you in a wave and it hurts and it hurts and then it goes away for a second yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly like i managed to stave it off we dealt with this guy and he's a super nice guy and he's ptsd type stuff and he didn't need to go to the hospital so i managed to like hold off the eruption at bay but man let me tell you when i finally found a place it was not good at all (laughs) it was like i ate a stick of dynamite inside my chipotle bowl well the story's not over okay so uh, I, uh, text the watch commander, the Lieutenant, and I tell him, Hey, uh, or I, call, I actually call him and I was like, <laughs> well, I've, uh, I've damaged some city property, which usually means you've wrecked a car, but I explained to him and he's like dying. He's like the <laughs> nicest guy of all time. He thinks the shenanigans that we do are just hilarious. And so he can't believe this is happening to me. So he's like, well, um, gosh, no one's going to be able to tell by looking at the lock that the keys snapped off in there. So just go back there and leave a note on the door and I'll email the training staff and tell them what the deal is. So it's like, you're a real moron. I was like, yeah, I know boss. I'm a real idiot. Man, well, that- so I go back and I leave a note <clears throat> on the door that says key snapped off in lock. I'm a huge piece of S or something <laughs> like that. I tape the broken part of the key on there so that at least when the locksmith comes, if they need that half of the key, they'll have it. Yeah. Uh, so I send him that's awful. the message and they send the training academy. So that, that's my son. That's the last day of my work week. Right. So yeah. I go on my days off. So I'm off for four days. Well, I come back and we have a briefing beforehand and, uh, uh, not to be, you know, some several, there were several kind of high stress critical incidents in December that I was a part of. And so the kind of backdrop for this. So we have our briefing and I come back and the lieutenant's like, all right. And, uh, that's all the crime. So uh, time to hand out some awards and periodically officers will get commendations. And that's how they let the guys in their shift know that, Hey, they've done good work. And he's like, I want to officer Bentley to join me up here. And I was like, Oh no, it's so embarrassing. I hate that stuff. Uh, it's not, it just embarrasses me. So he comes up and I'm thinking I'm going to get like a commendation for like one of these, like uh, officer Bentley did excellent police work and this, and he kept his head when stress, when pets heads were falling off and all this and that. Well, the award he was giving me was the Brute Strength Award (laughs) with the portions of the broken key. And uh, I guess what happened was the next morning, because some background, this happens all like midnight to midnight 20 on Sunday night, Monday morning, early Monday morning. Well, Mark, guess who tries to get into the back door of the academy at like 6 a.m. to get his workout in before his workday? The chief or something. Yep. Oh, Old no. number one oh. goes up there at like 5.30 to get his workout in and goes to the back door and is like, opens up, looks on the door and is like, huh, key snapped off in the lock. I'm a huge piece of S. Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> just get to this car and drive <laughs> to the station to go work out there. Oh, and man. so I have not been able to remain incognito on this whole thing because yeah. now, you know, the Everybody head honcho. Knows. Knows. The real boss man knows what's <laughs> happened, and we're kind of like a medium to big size city, so it's not like the chief knows you. Like he doesn't know who I am, yeah. and so he's like, "Who's this Bentley idiot?" <laughs> so he's probably pulling my G file, like my internal file, like looking through, like yeah. who's this idiot? Like looking at my picture, like yeah, I'm gonna reassign him to the mops and brooms division or something. So <laughs> the file room. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the story that okay. I've been holding in for well, about a month. That's but, uh, that's. A really great example of something that I feel like would only happen on a TV show yeah. or in my own real life. After all that, there's like their third option, no-go, key, <laughs> broken off, like the worst yeah. thing that could have happened. Well, that, that we're almost out of time, but I want to – there's two things that come to mind about this story. One is you get to that point – like there, there's a there's a threshold where you really have to go and you but you like go into the gas station and you can still kind of walk casually. 
Yes, you don't have to do like speed walk. Right, but like then like there's walking. a threshold where you like that is all gone, and you're just running <laughs> like screaming for the you know like yeah. where's the bathroom? So get out of my way. Yeah, and then the other thing is when you talk when you're talking about. Uh, Pooping in a parking lot. I don't think I've told this story. It's very short. But I was doing like sprints. You've told me this, and it's real funny. I was doing sprints in the Great Wolf Lodge parking lot when my. Uh, okay, no, you haven't told me this one. I okay. Was... So I'm outside doing like sprinting for a minute, resting for a minute. Like go, sprinting for a minute, resting for a minute. I'm doing like tw- like 20 minutes of this back and By forth. By the way, that's the most Mark Rogers crap I've ever heard is on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll just run sprints in the parking yeah. lot. I don't care if anyone's going to look at me like I'm a huge moron. Right. Well, that was it was like night. It was after the kids were in bed. I went out there and like and it was like and I was out in the parking lot. Well, Great Wolf Lodge in like Grapevine like borders. It's like a huge people don't know this. It's a gigantic indoor water park. Yeah. It is crazy. And they, the water is heated. Uh there's all these activities to do. It's like enormous. It's, big. it's yeah. like well, huge and it's kind of expensive. The one in Grapevine borders the like the fence of the DFW airport property. Yes. Right? That's so there's right. like cameras and stuff that I, I re- <laughs> that I that I realized the next morning when it was light. So I'm back there running and about I wanted about the fifth sprint, I was like, okay, well, and this is this is at the point of my endurance racing career where I it wasn't a big deal like I, if I was out on a run I need to poop I would I'm out in the you know in the country I would just stop and poop on yeah, the side see, of the like road. Mark when Mark was doing this stuff I would ask him and I'm not doing this stuff I'd ask him so what happens if you're like on a 20 mile run and you have to crap and he's like you just crap and I'm like Good God, you're a weirdo. Yeah. So I'm at that point where I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run. At least run. he's not going to crap in his pants. Yeah. Really, so. I'm not going to run all the way up to my room, go and come all the way back down because it's kind of a hassle to get all the way up back to my room. So I just, yeah, like, it's kind of a hassle, Mark, to not take a dump in a park. So, so I just crouched, like, in my minute rest, I crouched, like, up oh against the DFW airport fence and pooped. And then, like, and it made it, like, the next minute beep, then I ran. Like, <laughs> you're so such a I weirdo. Just left a huge pile of crap in the parking lot anyway all right well we are out of time that was a good story and i appreciate you you joining us today all right i love you mark thank you meritorious award winner stop it rick well stop it you shouldn't have been meritorious maybe i wouldn't say that don't worry i won't anymore Well, hey, speaking of, uh, it's now time for the tip of the week. And speaking of tip of the week, which is something you can start doing today to become more healthy human. That I, was the weirdest segue ever. That was. Now it's, now it's time for the tip of the week. And speaking of the tip of the week, like that was not a segue from like one thing that's slightly related to another. Yeah, was, I just forced. That was really forced. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. Um, so I know you've been doing the three-minute meditation. How's that How's yes. that going for you? That is my tip of the week. Okay. Listen, uh, all you people, I feel like there's maybe two or three different kinds of people that listen to the show. And I'm not talking to the people who are like Mark, who have all their stuff squared away, who uh, eat all the human foods and you know walk 15,000 steps a day. And, and you know, if if you're one of these people, you know, we appreciate you and all that. But this isn't for you. This is for the people to show like me, who when Mark says something like "take an icy cold shower," and I go in my head, "Go to hell, Mark." <laughs> Delete. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to say like I'm skeptical of all this stuff, but like some of the stuff you hear and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that or whatever. That sounds really weird. I've been meaning to try the meditation thing for the longest time, but I just all I had in my mind was sitting in a quiet room with my legs crossed, saying "Om" over and over again. But I don't know what convinced me to try. But I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this and see what happens. And I've literally been donating. Donating? That's not the wrong phrase. I've been uh, devoting three minutes a day to this, and I do it right before I go to sleep. 
So I've added it kind of into my, you know, my, my sleep routine or whatever. And all I do is I set my phone for three minutes and then I start it and I do well, actually before I start it, I breathe in and out real deeply, uh, for five times. Uh, and then I start the timer and I close my eyes and I just breathe in slowly for four, for three seconds or for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold it for four seconds and just do that. Like basically that's, you call it one time box breathing. Yeah. Cause it's like a, they're, you know, they're all four even. And you know, it could be a placebo effect. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm getting really, really, really good sleep. I'm falling asleep faster. I um, feel like I'm getting better quality sleep. I don't sp- spend a lot of time uh, with my eyes closed trying to go to sleep. Like, oh, I think about all the stuff of the day. It kind of clears stuff out. But uh, I'll, I'll say this. It's not just about the breathing. You have to concentrate on nothing. Uh, and that's hard to describe. Yeah. Um, I concentrate on – I have like a mental picture for each side of the box, yeah. so to speak. Cool. Like uh, like numbers popping up like the the – like the, how kind of how I imagine it in my head is like the breathing in for four seconds is the top of the box and the holding it is like the right side. And then the breathing out is the bottom and the, uh, holding that is the yeah. left side. And so like when I'm doing the breathing in the top part of the box, I'm imagining just dealing cards, turning over a one, a two, a three, a four. And then I go to like the other, the, the holding it side. And then yeah. I just imagine numbers popping up that like, look like, uh, like on a microwave, like one, then two, then three, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this, well, the, like, the key is as long as you're not – your brain isn't in the past or the future, right? Yeah. Well, That's the only I, requirement. I'll catch myself every once in a while thinking about something that maybe I have going on at work or something else. But like, no, no, no. i got to concentrate on the numbers. And concentrate that, on the numbers. And that right there, that oh, – nope, nope, nope. That's the, the, the key. That's the below parallel squat. That's where yeah. the magic happens, right? So like, that's what I'm going to tell to all the humans that are like me that – when Mark says something and you just kind of roll your eyes like, yeah, sure, I'll do meditation. You don't have to donate a million hours of your day, devote a million hours of your day to it. Three minutes is all I've been doing before I go to sleep. Uh, and usually that three minutes was consumed with doing my like daily to-do lists already. So I was not like I, you know, was as soon as my head at the pillow, I'd fall asleep. Like I've already, so I'm, I'm just kind of being more efficient with my time, I yeah. guess. But if you're not doing this, do it. I'm go. telling you to do it. Not Mark, where you can <laughs> blow it off. I am telling you like this is a good thing. So try just doing it that way. Yeah. And that's a good way to get your you know, to to I guess an entry level type of meditation. And if that's maybe uh, at some point I'll get to where I'm doing longer sessions no, and th- or no, whatever. See, but- like, that's that's it. I mean, all, the only thing that you could benefit from is doing it for four minutes instead of three yeah. minutes. But doing it exactly like you're doing, there's not any better benefit or or like you know, like heavier weight. If it's just you're doing it, that's it. That's all yeah. it is. Uh, and and I'll, if that's tip one A, tip one B is going to be when you're doing the box breathing, do it all through your nose. Breathe in. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. That's what I also should say. I'm doing that yeah. too. Do do it all through your nose. Breathe this through your nose as much as you can throughout the day. Um, so if, especially if you're mouth breathing at night, like Dave talked about earlier at least be able to concentrate during the day so you're not just mouth breathing all day. You at least have some time where you're consciously nasal breathing, which is uh, really good for you. So, all right. I think that's it. Cool. Um, Sean Stevenson. I don't know if you guys know that. The Is it the Model Health 
podcast, the Model Health Show. It's been number one on iTunes before. Uh, he's a big time sleep guy, uh, very in line with the Simply Human lifestyle. Uh, he's going to be on the show. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the next one. We've got Katie Bowman. We've got Rob Wolf. We've got Sean Stevenson. Is that booked? Is Rob bo- booked? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay, I was supposed okay, so to email Squatchy in, future, in February. We'll yeah, so hopefully he's going to be in February. Molly Galbraith, uh, she's yes. on her oh. way to like Cuba or something or Ecuador or somewhere, and she's uh, very different places. Um, but uh, <laughs> she she is kind of traveling, so we're trying to th- – those are hopefully going to be our four uh, uh, March and one – or three March and one our first one in April. So anyway, that's what's coming up. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Please email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick at gmail.com if you have a human's being human story uh call us at 530-42 human and leave us a funny story if something uh something happens to you and you're like oh man that mark and rick would think that was funny call us i know i'm still working on a, a, a montage or a collage of lonnie's uh, uh voicemails <laughs> that uh, i'm trying to cut down into a funny you know just real quick and and you know we may not even mention it we may just have we throw on like a 30 second e- uh, voice memo from someone uh, just kind of yeah, we're still trying to show. figure out the best way to use that, but like, I don't know, just call us and leave us a message or something. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, uh, what did we ask people? Oh, yeah, we asked people to call in about Lufa Talk. I think Lonnie actually is the one who called in about that. <laughs> so, anyway, all right, so there's all that. Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff is at simplyhuman52. Uh, and leave us a review on iTunes, but we've been getting a million of them, so. Thank yes. you. Keep that up. Joshua, like that. The Joshua Retreat is still open. I will have a link to that in the show notes. Anything that you have questions about, if it's not in the show notes, just email me. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, you I have a question. That. Okay. How was the only place on the entire internet where you could find a clip of that scene on com? <laughs> I will be editing that out. No, leave that <laughs> in there. I am exposing you for what you are, <laughs> sir. So until next time, enjoy yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.